Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. I have my guest, Erin Weissman. She is a DO, doctor of osteopathy, and is from Winslow, Indiana, even though I said Arizona because, you know, the song. But um, her website is truthrxs.com, so Truth Prescriptions. And she is a physician, life coach, podcaster. Her uh, Doctor Me First is her podcast, which is how I found out about her. Um, and she is a specialist in um, burnout, especially for female physicians. And she's a badass mom. And that's like me. You know me. I'm a badass mom, too. And a badass grandma. So um, we had a really nice talk about uh, what happens in um, in her uh, own personal journey with burning out and some of the box we put in in our uh, healthcare provider roles and how she uh, finally... Uh, hit bottom, hit her rock bottom. And by the way, we're doing a separate episode on rock bottom syndicate, my other podcast. So you'll hear her tell more about that story there. Here she's talking about what she's doing to help people coach people. So helping her patients, integrating coaching into her practice, and then helping other professionals who may need help. You know, there's a real high incidence of suicide and um, hitting rock bottom for for, uh, for medical professionals, particularly females, um, because we have so many roles to play um, with motherhood and all the things that, that are different for us. And so um, she's going to tell you a lot about asking for what you need and getting it and creating versus just learning to cope with the mess that you're in. Um, in the show notes, we have all the links to her website as well as some hotlines you can call if you're in trouble, if you're having thoughts of um, depression or suicide and you really need help, reach out. We're here to help. So um, I encourage you to get on the podcast and listen to that. Go to the website for sure because she does so many things. She's an athlete. She's a mom. She does so many things. And she explains really beautifully in her website how each area of who she is can help you and how she uses those as tools in her um in her life and in her skill set to be able to to help you. And she just happens to be eclectic and diverse and just is an amazing woman married to a farmer and uh, just fun stuff we get into on the podcast. So enjoy this episode of the Totally Well Show. I'd love it if you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a thumbs up. Five-star review would be awesome. More people will hear us and we will be able to help more people. So with that said, enjoy Dr. Wiseman's uh, interview with me today. Make sure you click over to to Rock Bottom Syndicate because I'm going to be posting an episode of Rock Bottom Syndicate with Dr. Wiseman there as well. Enjoy this show. So hello, Erin. It's so great to have you on the Totally Well Show. Joyce, thanks so much for meeting me in person and having me on here. Um, so Erin is Dr. Erin Wiseman, D-O, which stands for Doctor of Osteopathy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Osteopathic Medicine. Osteopathic Medicine. And you're in Winslow, Arizona? I am actually in Indiana. I'm in, I'm in Indiana. What did I write? Oh, the song, the song. It's yeah. The song. <laughs> I said Indiana. I went and I wrote Arizona. I swear to God, that's so funny. Well, from Indiana. And um, your website is truthrxs.com? Yeah, Truth Prescriptions. Yes. So let's hear it. Let's hear about this 
um, quilt that is you, that is all the things you do? Oh, I, I am. I'm very eclectic. So um, my nouns that I would use to describe myself as physician, coach, mom of three, farmer's wife, <laughs> still athletes, even though some days the knees don't feel lit as much. What's your, Friend, what's your, what's your sport? Oh, as much as diverse as I am in life, I am that diverse in sports. I love trail running and hiking, kayaking. When it's too cold in Indiana to do that, I'm a volleyball player and a swimmer. Anything, and I'm in Indiana, so we all play basketball, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, I'm, I'm waiting for you to say hockey because I'm a hockey player. No, I never have played hockey. It really doesn't, it'll freeze maybe a week or two to where we'll have good ice, but then it's just not long enough. There's some indoor um, rinks, but no, it wasn't actually a sport I ever got into. Maybe when you get older, you can think about it. I didn't start till I was 50, so you have plenty of time to get into it. Absolutely. That and and roller derby, I think, are on my list to try at some point in the future. Uh, I rollerblade, but roller derby scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So those are, those are my nouns. I would say my adjectives, I am fierce. I am sassy, um, dedicated, uh, just those would definitely describe me and, and my verbs, I'm growing, changing and loving. Definitely. I love that. I I also love the badass I saw on your, on your Mm -hmm. site. I definitely claim that title too. Absolute badass. (laughs) And actually I have an upcoming book that's called from burnt out to badass right off of that. Oh, wow. When's that coming out? It's going to be later this fall. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that was really the, the story about burnout and what you do with your podcast, which is called doc to me first, where you, you talk with uh, female physicians um, who have um, e- maybe experienced that or um, absolutely so it. it comes from my own story um, like I mentioned I'm in southern Indiana um, in my county there are three doctors and I'm the only girl so when I got out um, after training into practice I just felt so alone and I was going through my burnout and we can talk about that but as part of my healing journey I realized that I needed community and I needed connection specifically with other women who were like me who um, experienced life like I did uh, and so I started looking around and we're like where are all the female doctors at I, I need to connect with them mm-hmm. and so it was actually out of that kind of ambition that I started my podcast. I really just wanted to have conversations with other female physicians. And the more I did it, the more I realized that I was growing a community that showed other people that, hey, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Let me tell you some really great stories about women who are doing things their own way and having lives that they love and careers that are sustainable. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. And let's just know that together we can all come through this because if the audience doesn't know, actually, for female physicians, we're 51% of medical schools now, but at about five years out from training, we about, I would say over half of us go part-time or leave medicine altogether. 
So then that leaves only about 30, 20 to 30% of the physician population are full-time working physicians. And so there's a big crisis right now. It's under the surface. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's really telling is that for female physicians, there's a recent study that came out in my age demographic and says that somewhere between 20 and 40% of us have some side of suicidal ideation because of burnout, because of the pressures culturally and both within the profession. Mm -hmm. And that it's kind of the dirty little secret right now in medicine that women are not doing well. As much advancements as we've made to make equal opportunity, there is not equality when it comes to being a physician leader in medicine. I've definitely seen it in when I've uh, worked as a nurse, I'm an RN, and I've worked um, in practices. And in one particular case, I was working as an RN and a coach. And um, other physicians who worked in this group came to see me to talk. And I was so shocked to see what a mess they were as far as they're just being torn in every direction, their responsibilities. And, you know, they're out seeing patients and, and doing what they had to do and then close the door and they're just sobbing and falling apart um, and thinking there's something wrong with them. Um, and it was, no, it's not you. It's the system and the demands on you are not reasonable, not even close. You know, and that's the important thing as a physician coach to my colleagues is just making that space. Mm-hmm to help them unpack all of it. Because when you're captain of the ship, you do have to keep it all together. You do have to run the ship. You do have to keep everything on the home front. And so that's why I think it's really, really important. And that's why my focus in life is my female colleagues is to create that shared space of vulnerability Mm -hmm. where I just tell them, you don't have to keep spinning all the plates. You actually get to pick which ones you want. So let's get really intentional about what it is that you want for your life and your practice Mm -hmm. and then start crafting that. Because I think too many times as a woman, I was told, go girl, go. You can do anything you want to. Um, And so as I piled on the duties of physician and then I became a wife and then I became a mother and then I became a mother three more times, um, there wasn't anybody saying, is this how you want to proceed? Is this really what you want with your life? Mm -hmm. Um, I was the sole breadwinner for a good long while. And that was another pressure that was really never vocalized to me on what that was going to feel like and what that weight was going to be like. And I think it's really important as I've traveled my journey and I coach other women is to just get it out in the open and say, it sucks sometimes. And is this... Is this what you want? Because if it's not, you are 100% in control and this can change. Mm -hmm. And I think when I confront female physicians or they come to me, many times they're in such a stuck spot, Mm -hmm. they feel like they have no wiggle room and they just feel like they're drowning. And I've even had some come to me and say, I just feel broken. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be so successful and yet I am so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I find the really powerful work is, is, is both addressing those internal expectations and labels that are placed on us and really intentionally moving in life. And then that's also where I love attacking the external as well, because then we can start talking about systemic change and what a healthy work culture looks like when they can support all members who are working within it. And I think too long women have just been shoved into a square peg when we really, really are round and we do work differently. 
and it's not bad. We actually have better morbidity and mortality rates. We just go about it differently than maybe our male colleagues do. And even as a subspecialist may proceed about with it. But I think it's really about making a culture of inclusion and recognizing everybody's inherent value, no matter if you work 10 minutes in a week or you work, you know, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I I really loved how um, you you put um, ha- the the question was how to ask for what you want at work and um, and how you put instead of learning to cope with the thing that you're in with all the chaos that you're in and as if you're broken <laughs> um, how to um, to change and recreate what's around you and within you. Yeah, because I think we too many times we get into like all or none mentality, either like, okay, I got to be all in in this situation and I got to stay exactly how it is, or I am flying out the door and I am leaving and moving to a different company. And I really tell people to pause and stop and reflect internally on what is it that you really want Mm -hmm. and then know that there are so many options available. It's not all or nothing. There's a whole plethora in the middle there. And so that's talking about like, do you just need to make a small pivot in your work? Is there just something that's not quite and you're feeling that resistance that you need to change? Maybe it's a lateral hop. Maybe you've been doing something and now it's time to transition because dirty little secret number two here, as we age, so does our work. Mm -hmm. And that changes as well. So what I could do in my 20s, I'm finding I can't do in my late 30s, early 40s as well. I don't do call as well as what I used to. So I need to have a practice shift in that. And so that's a lateral change. And then I always encourage people to take a pause. If that's some time away, if that's a sabbatical, if that is carving out some time in your schedule where you start an hour later, we all need that time of silence. Because when we have to sit with ourselves, that's when some of the most expressive messages we can get. But as a society today, we are scared of silence. We are all about numbing out on devices and noise. And and I think that that's one thing that I really emphasize too. And then if it is time to make the big jump to another pool, to go to a different job within another organization. I just ask that people bring a lot of awareness and clarity about why are you doing this? Because too many times I've seen people hop from job A to job B, and the only thing that changed was the mailing address. They're still doing the same thing. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what's going to lead you forward in life. Yeah. What often happens is um, it, I think people don't see it soon enough. And um, so instead of asking for what they want and trying to negotiate and seeing that they actually can do that, um, the, the, the bottom can just fall out. And so that can be particularly damaging, I think, to yeah. um, like, oh, say you get fired. Um, or something, you know, just you, you make a mistake, something happens because you're so tired or so, you know, burnt out. Yeah. And that's a really good point is that when you are burned out, you're not functioning at your highest capacity and you are more likely to make more mistakes. And I think we should just also to put it out there, we make mistakes. We're human. And when there's no margin for error, that is a really tremendous pressure point to be at. And so just coming forward and saying, it's not about not making mistakes. It's about mitigating those risks and then also making things right. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, patients don't read books. 
They, they just come as they are and things just happen. Even when you do things exactly by the book, life just happens with it. And so that's what I try to help with a, a lot of young learners is to say, you can do everything 100% right. And I bet you saw this in your nursing career and still have a bad outcome for who knows whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we like to think that we are technologically advanced, there's still things that happen and we just don't know why. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to always, always, always work on our communication. We could all communicate better. No matter how much we think we're good at it, I know there's a lot of times by just asking a clarifying question. Like for instance, this last week I was talking with a resident and I was like ready to judge them real quickly. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you tell me more about that? And I got to see their brain kind of open up through their mouth. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I see. But too many times when we're stressed, when we're trying to work fast, when we're trying to get to the next patient, we don't take that extra 10 seconds for that clarifying thought. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we have a communication breakdown. And so I think that's the real reason why we have to start approaching more burnout is because there's that downstream effect. And it's not, it is about patient care and taking care of people well, but it's also about taking care of your, your healthcare providers really well too. Mm-hmm. Some growing up as I did, I'm 66. So just in my age group, um, doctors really didn't know a lot about nutrition and they didn't know a lot about coaching, unless they just happened to have grown up in a family where they were taught this somewhere else. They weren't taught it in school. And so the doctors who I saw were, um, were here's what you should do. You know, you need to lose weight or you need to, you have high blood pressure, you need to take this. And they, it was education instruction um, of what I needed to do, and I'll see you next year or three months, whatever. So when I see doctor, physician, life coach together, I get like excited because this is a skill that can help any any profession to tag on. In fact, the co- the coaching program I went to required that as a fa- foundation that you had to be some kind of a healthcare professional first, and then we piggyback this on top. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you got it, or maybe that's because you're yeah. a girl, which is a little different, um, more holistic. We are. We're a little bit more touchy-feely. We smile a little bit more on, on the, the main part. And that's actually why I chose DO over MD when I was going to medical school, was that when I had shadowed DOs in college, I noticed they touched their patients. I noticed they smiled, and I noticed maybe there was something a little bit different. So that's why I became an osteopathic physician. Um, How I got into coaching, though, was because coaching saved my medical career. In 2014, I had come out of training, and when I was supposed to be celebrating on the top of the mountain, it was the absolute worst year of my life. I got into my new practice, you know, supposed to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and within weeks, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to do this for the next 30 years of my life? Mm -hmm. And I was devastated. I'm the first doctor in my family. I had spent years, you know, in my training. I missed my first two kids pretty much most of their infancy because of being a resident and all of that entails. I missed a lot of their first. Shoot, I think I missed my whole 20s, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) And then when I got out and I, it was just, I felt like my soul had been sucked out. Uh And so doing what, you know, 
what my patients do, I got on the internet and I typed in how to change my CV to a resume because I was leaving. I was done. And I found hundreds of other doctors who felt the same way I did. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of really good solutions. I wasn't going to pick up my family and move somewhere else where farmers, it's pretty hard to move farm ground. So we were kind of where we were going to be. But I knew I needed something. And innately, and I'm so glad, I knew I wasn't broken. I knew it wasn't all about me, but I just didn't even really know where to start. So me being a loud mouth, I got a hold of friends. I got a hold of colleagues. I was talking to anybody like, do you feel this way? Am I all alone in this? Am I crazy? And so many of them did. I even got into my chief medical officer's office, requested a meeting with her and said, I don't know what this is. And, you know, she was very honest and open with me. And she said, Erin, that's why I went to administration because I was feeling the exact same way. Then I went the next level up to the VP because I was, I had my checkbook out. I was ready to pay back um, any of my expenses because I was just literally done. And it was when I was doing those late night internet searches, I found a family medicine doc who was doing this thing called coaching. I had no idea what it was, but it sounded like maybe it would help. So I bought her online program called Entrepreneurial MD. And I started working through the process and the questions. And one of the questions I still remember to this day, and I talk about it all the time, was what is the one thing in your life if you lost, you would be most devastated? Mm. And in that moment, I said my medical license. Not my two little babies at home, not my husband, not who I was. And I, that was a reality check for me that I had let this thing that I do become my identity. And because of that, I thought, I got to talk to this woman. I don't know who she is. I'm getting her on the phone. Again, me just being how I am. And I did a discovery call. I didn't even know what it was. And I just couldn't get her my money fast enough because I knew she was going to help me see some things that I had been having blinders on with. And she did. We started working together. She was a uh, nearly retired physician at that point. So I looked around and I was like, where's all the young physician mom coaches? Like we needed this in med school. Where are we? So I went and got coaches training in 2015 and started coaching from them. So I've been doing it five years now. I can't even believe I can say that number. (laughs) I've touched thousands of colleagues' lives and helped them to find their path that is what they were put on this earth to do. Not to be slaving in front of a computer, but to actually be helping and healing others. And it is just amazing. I want to go back and say, just kind of restate what you just said, because it is a little bit like that you go through residency, go through medical school, you go through residency, and then you went back to school Mm -hmm. to do the coaching. That's quite amazing. Yeah. I think I'm going to be a perpetual learner no matter what I do. I don't want any more degrees at this point, but I think I'll always keep learning. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully we do. But a lot of times when, once you get into at least a lot of the doctors I know, which I I wanted to be an MD for a long time and it didn't work out. And I settled for being a nurse and that really wasn't my calling. Um, I love the human body and love learning, but I'm not a disease management person. I'm a prevention person. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I joke now and I say, I am glad that I didn't become a doctor because I had no less half of what I know now. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when you're in that grind, you're and you're checking boxes and you're 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 going by at least from my side from the outside looking in and for the physician friends I have or who I've coached 
they tell me, I wish I had your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have time with their patients and they haven't, and they're still working in that narrow framework and haven't figured out how to ask for what they want. Yeah, because I truly believe almost everybody who goes into healthcare is because we do truly care about the human race and about elevating others. And it's just been unfortunate that it's become more about the almighty productivity and how fast you can churn and burn and what forms we need to fill out so we can get reimbursement from the insurance companies. But there's hope. I really believe that there's no been no better time to be in healthcare than now because there's so many more doctors like me out there who say, no, 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 we're not doing it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, direct patient care clinics are popping up everywhere. Um, people like me who say, I still want to be in medicine. I just want to do it on my terms. And finding organizations who are saying, yeah, We'd like to have you come join us, Dr. Wiseman. It's been amazing. You know, it was so scary when I first got out. I thought, nobody's going to hire me. I have such a big mouth. I have said so many things that nobody's going to want me. And now on a monthly basis, I am approached about so many great opportunities because we're there. We're on the cusp that patients are demanding it, physicians are demanding it, nursing staff is demanding that as a system, we need to work towards wellness, not just not disease. Mm -hmm. And I I really am inspired by what other colleagues are doing. I mean, there's just some really phenomenal work that's coming out. Now, we still have a lot to do. And no matter what your political stance is, I don't know that there is a perfect equation, right answer right now. But what I can say, though, is if we can keep people inspired, if we can have them really tap into their zone of genius, be it like me with family medicine or some of my best friends who are doing subspecialty work or surgery or oncology, if we can keep those people tapped into what makes their soul sing, I know medicine is going to get better. Mm. I love that expression makes their soul sing. I, I I think that a lot of times people talk about technology as a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I personally think technology is really helping because I've met you. I wouldn't have met you without the use of technology and my comfort level now with it that I'm used, I've used it long enough. I've been an early uh, adopter to the, to the process for sure, but still I've gotten a real comfort level to the point where, you know, I'm a grandmother doing a podcast and I have a TikTok account. So, so there, <laughs> um, but I, I think that helps a lot because the secrets come out so much more easily. We can connect and realize we're not alone. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, it's a tool and just like any tool, it can be used for good reasons or bad reasons. And I think if we just stay intentional and just know that there is community beyond what we can physically touch and just finding those avenues, what they are, it's just so very important. That's why I love podcasting. I I think you really get to hear um, people's intimate thoughts in a way that before we couldn't, unless you maybe read their diary or something like that. And so, um, I am just so glad that we met via the internet and that I can call you now colleague and friend. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I have an idea. Um, You know that this is Totally Well podcast and I've heard a little bit about your practice and and the myriad of things that you do, but I know there's a story behind it of your own burnout. And I have another podcast called Rock Bottom Syndicate. So I'd love to wrap this one up 
and put a bow on it and say, um, move on to doing another show with you on Rock Bottom and hear your story. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. And I say, everybody come over and listen to it because it's fun and spicy. Oh boy. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think that I've heard, well, we'll just let you let it come out of your mouth. So, (laughs) so uh, Dr. Aaron and um, Wiseman, I want to make sure I said that correctly. And from Winslow, Indiana, not Arizona. (laughs) And um, the website once again is, is truthrxs.com, Truth Prescriptions, or you can find me on LinkedIn, just Aaron Wiseman D.O., and I actually have my podcast, which is called Dr. Me First. Awesome. Well, um, we'll put all that in the show notes, so if you haven't uh, don't have a pen in front of you, it's going to be in the show notes for you to be able to uh, check in, but I will uh, see you on the other side with Rock Bottom Syndicate and hear more about your story of um, what was the foundation for all of this growth. So I really appreciate you coming on Totally Well today. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Erin.